0: righty, welcome to the Celtics Lab podcast, brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. I'm Cameron and I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn. We've got one preseason game to go, and next week we have real basketball to talk about. And to do exactly <laughs> that, we welcome in Sweetie Tirada from Mass Live. Sweetie, what's up?
1: I'm good. I don't know how Peyton Pritchard will feel about you not calling us <laughs> preseason heroics not real basketball, but uh, we'll ask him about that later.
0: Yeah, I'm sure he's a dedicated listener to the show, no doubt. <laughs> um, this is our second week where our guest is in the middle of moving, uh, which I've said before and I'll say again, is like one of the worst things you can do in a polite <laughs> society. So thank you for carving out time and uh, thoughts and prayers for having to move. That's thanks.
1: Yeah, we are uh, just unpacking at this point. I will be doing a lot of that it's weird doing doing it during the training camp and preseason, but uh, we're finding a way at least. So my commute to TV Garden though is a lot better, which is uh, one of my ulterior motives to moving. So I'm very happy about
0: that. Great. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm gonna ask you about that off air. We don't need to talk <laughs> here. Um, if my audio is less echoey, and I don't know if it is, it's because I finally did something about it. So shout out to my colleague Bryce, who is <laughs> politely always telling me I should make an improvement, and Jack Simone, who long has been on that beat anyways we're not here to talk about moving our backdrops as the youtube crowd can see although i kind of like the color go <laughs> to
2: go those who know no. um
0: anyways we're here to talk about the preseason we're here to talk about possible contract extensions and then in the lab portion of the programming Sweetie, you're going to help us do over over under win totals across the nba cool <laughs> It's yeah, popular that's okay with me. it's popular in podcasting this week apparently. <laughs> so, let's start with whatever news there is. Last night, the starters, the Boston Celtics starters played the New York Knicks bench and Boston scored they shot 23 three-pointers or something like that. It was probably closer than it should have been. I mean, respect to the Knicks bench, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but I'll Su-G, I'll go to you cuz you were there as well and then Justin, you can chime in cuz I know you were watching. Any takeaways from that game? And then, like, any preseason thoughts or takes that you've been mulling over?
1: I don't know if it's a takeaway per se, but Kristaps Porzingis looks very good next to Jalen Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think uh, that was kind of seen in the preseason opener against the Sixers, too. But I think just – I think Kristaps keeps repeating it over and over again, and I think it's noteworthy how just easy it looks for him. and it, re- it really does look easy, right? He's just stepping into these three-pointers – to making making these shots and we, we saw that a little bit with the wizards but it, it really is just fascinating um just to see how much space, how much more space he has especially with the celtics team and how much shooting they have and all that good stuff so i guess that would be my biggest takeaway or like how you would feel good obviously that's gonna you know teams aren't necessarily like making these right regular season playoff adjustments they are in the preseason especially with the personnel and everything but if i'm a celtics fan I, Obviously, you feel great going into the season, but just the early returns of how Kristaps looks, right? And obviously, like I think with Kristaps, it's very much so not necessarily how he fits. It's, it's definitely much more: is he going to stay healthy? How's he going to look in the playoffs? All these other concerns. But through you know two, three preseason games where he's actually played with Jalen and Jason, like you got to feel good. And I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway, and my literal biggest takeaway is a seven foot three human is a. Uh, it's just crazy to stand near him. Even, like, I tweeted this yesterday, but John Corrales is a big dude. And it's just, he looks so small next to Kristaps. It's, like, it's kind of mind-blowing for me.
0: Yeah, he's two inches cleanly taller than Luke Cornette. Like, he's, mm-hmm. it, I don't know, the taco thing got out of hand where, like, people would gawk at how big of a human he is. But, like, goodness gracious, yeah, it's it's so staggering to see Kristaps in the flesh. Um. Dr. Quinn, what are your takeaways from either last
2: night or the preseason? So I'll just stick to last night uh, because you can't really say too much about the preseason anyway, at least until last night, I thought we had at least a glimpse of what a starting lineup would look like without coming off the bench. I thought that was pretty interesting. There were some funky vibes when Chris Stops was asked about it. I'm not exactly sure what was going on with that. Maybe he kind of stumbled into something he was worried was going to be taken the wrong way or something. And he seemed to seem to adjust his mood a little bit, but on the court, uh, I'll start with a good thing and i will do a bad thing. No, there's the other way around. Okay. <laughs> uh, Luke Cornette, Luke Cornette, uh, I hope it's just because it's the preseason and he doesn't care, but he looks really not aggressive. Uh, I would really like to see him just attack a little bit more if he's going to be the third big on a contending team, which, you know, is not going to be that big, but he'll be tasked to to play some bigger minutes some nights. And then on -hmm. the other side of the thing, Jalen Brown led the team in assists with six assists, which was, I didn't even actually even notice it. It was all in the flow of the game, (laughs) but that is something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen
1: actually, uh, just to cut but Jalen mentioned yesterday that he that's something that he worked on. Now, I do want to give a little bit more context. There were some Jalen-esque turnovers still, right? Like I believe he had four turnovers. So six assists obviously looks good. Four turnovers you don't love as much. So obviously you take the good with the bad though. But that is something I'm glad you mentioned that Justin is just, Jalen, you know, kind of he was post-game is basically like, Yeah, I worked on that and I worked on it all summer. Like, I'm excited to show that all so. We'll see how much he's able to do that without, you know, kind of the Jalen brown turnovers that we have seen over the past few years. So,
0: I even thought uh, I was going to add to that. The, between the first preseason game, and, uh, last night, which was the, the fifth preseason game, I think, um, maybe the fourth, he looks like a more willing passer. He looked like he was being more intentional about it, which also mm-hmm. feels good. I mean, every article that we're going to write this year is like, but it doesn't matter until May. But, we, I mean, there are things to nitpick. Like, I think the, the Luke Cornett thing is an interesting piece, too. Like, there's mm-hmm. actually some, like, really interesting minutiae around this team that'll be fun to, to look at. To that end, the, uh, a takeaway that I have is Jason Tatum playing the four is interesting. And he talked a little bit about his – he's been warming up with Sam Cassell, and he's been working with Sam Cassell at practice, um, specifically uh, a little bit about his post game. I mean, he's doing all sorts of stuff, which, Suji, I haven't been at practice – Uh, i have to teach but jason talked about this a little bit last night he said they're getting their asses kicked what's been the Mm -hmm. mood at practice what's been the mood around the team kind of behind the scenes
1: yeah quick note on the jason playing the four it's a very good thing that he added 12 pounds of muscle then if he's going to bang around a little bit more uh but in terms of practice though like obviously we don't get to see as much of like ideally we're seeing all these practices and everything we can hear them though interestingly you hear a lot of crowd music so, you, yeah. know, pregame, you know, the little Celtics period game, you know, the little jingle, you'll hear that occasionally, you're kind of like, oh, I'm at the Auerbach Center, like, you know, noon on a Wednesday, and this is what I'm listening to, apparently, not, you know, 7.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. So, little wrinkles like that, I think, and the biggest thing, right, like, Jason kind of made a sound by yesterday saying practices, or I'm not going to curse, but very difficult, and and that's kind of the vibe that you're getting from the Celtics so far, and I think, Once again, if you're a Celtics fan, like, that's kind of what what you want to hear. Like, they're taking care of business behind the scenes as well, right? Because, and I think it's it's twofold in the sense that, one, I think Joe really wants this, right? Like, Joe actually got a conventional offseason to, like, think about what he's going to do as a head coach instead of three days beforehand. And I think that's a big part of it, Joe kind of putting his imprint on the team. I think the second part, though, is, like, I think this team realizes, like, this is, you know, this is like a title contending year, but I think there's an urgency in a sense of we may, you know, like the front office made these moves for a reason. Like as much as we want to compliment Jason, you know, Jason and Jalen in terms of their talent and everything, like they have yet to get to, you know, hang Banner 18, which has been the talking point of the last few years. So I think there's this urgency of, yeah, you know, we have gotten to the finals. We have gotten into the East finals in, you know, so often, right. Uh, many other franchises would be jealous, but Still haven't gotten into that mountaintop yet, and I think, I think you know, it starts in training camp, and I think there's a lot of buy-in right now. I mean, you hear Jalen and Jason going at each other. You hear Jalen testing Drew in his Celtics practice. Like, if I'm a Celtics fan, like, I, I, I would love to hear those things just because it, it shows his team's seriousness. So that's kind of the vibe I'm getting thus far. I'm
0: going to put you on the spot. You are doing the <laughs> the professional thing of saying, if I'm a Celtics fan, and that's what we're supposed <laughs> to do. We're, not, we're, not, we're supposed to check our biases. Uh, I it occurs to me I don't know where you grew up what's what's your NBA team in your <laughs>
1: childhood? yes I'm not I am very far removed from New England Boston area I grew up in Michigan so I grew up a Pistons fan, which was uh, I knew
0: yeah I knew you did Michigan State was a big thing I didn't know about the Pistons all right yeah uh, yeah we're gonna <laughs> talk about the whole NBA and the lab but what do you yeah. think of the Pistons?
1: uh I w- I'll keep it. You know, I'll keep it pretty short. I think they'll be okay this year. They should, in my opinion, like at the very minimum, be like playing conversation. Like you're kind of at that point in the rebuild. I think like you have a guy like Cade. He's going into his third year. I know he missed a lot of time last year, but like, you know, much like Payne and Pritchard in the USA uh, select team this summer, like Cade kind of turned some heads. So I think uh, you know they're kind of interesting. You, you like the young talent, but. You know we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see like I, i'm very curious to see how they kind of mesh too but that's kind of the quick pistons out there like i do think i thompson though he looks he looks really good he makes a lot of winning plays which uh celtics fans obviously know a lot of
0: okay let's pause the action and talk about our friends over at fanduel where you can snap into action this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet that's 200 in bonus bets win or lose so if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get into the action there's spreads player props over unders and more i think anyone who has been watching the nfl season knows that it has been an exciting one um bobby you dialed into nfl 30 seconds on the season uh, A tough break for aaron Rodgers, and that still hangs over at the start of this whole campaign but the cowboys look incredible
1: and i'm not enamored by the lack of weapons the chiefs have so i think the super bowl is up
0: for grabs Yeah, people were trying to tell me the Lions were going to be good this season. Uh, I don't think the Lions are very good. I don't know anything about
2: football. They're never good.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) They might be back, Justin.
0: Mm, I don't know about that one. (laughs) Anyways, uh, there's a lot of action to get in on. So visit fanduel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. He must be 21 and older in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only and a $10 first deposit is required. Bonuses are issued as non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.fanduel. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Hope is here. Gambling Helpline MA.org or call 800 327 5050 for 24 7 support. Play it smart from the start. Go to GameSenseMA.com or call 1 800 GAM 1234. I like i want one of or both of the bogdanovich uh actually i'm I'm kind of high on the hawks maybe i'll change my bogdanovich take but <laughs> i like the bogus yeah mm-hmm. okay anyways let's do a little bit more news and then we'll get to the rest of the league so um i'll take it in the order that you wrote it justin and i'll go to you on this one um what does jeff van gundy mean for the celtics
2: i have absolutely no idea <laughs> but he's a really <laughs> smart basketball mind and it can't hurt to have him around and it's also good to not have him around someplace else. So.
0: Oh, I like that take. Okay. Yeah, Um, I'll color in the lines a little bit. Tibbs was asked about this, uh, Tom Thibodeau, and he said he's going to be an asset not just for the uh, coaching staff but the front office. And I don't know if he is saying that because he's you know, he knows something about the arrangement or if he just thinks highly of Van Gundy. Um, Sweet G, anything about Van Gundy that maybe you know that we don't?
1: Yeah, I did find it funny that uh... – or Brian Rob at Mass Live kind of spread the news. Obviously, give credit to Reddit though. Uh Reddit Boston. I'm a huge Reddit guy, so you know, I, I forgot what time it was. Like I wake up though and I was like, oh, Jeff Van Gunny. And B Rap had already texted me being like, I am already on. I'm like, all right, B Rap, all you man. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it seems like he's kind of around the team in all fast in you know, in all in all facets and all ways. Uh it's kind of a vague title, I guess. Senior consultant. Uh technically he's on the coaching staff, but he's not on the bench. Uh the reason I bring up Why it's funny, though, is because the news kind of circulated and then the very next practice, Jeff Van Gundy is there. So it's kind of like, how long have you been around? Because you could kind of sneak him on to Celtics.com. So where have you been? You know, have you been hiding from the media open sessions? All these questions. But based off of what we've heard, the media has heard, uh, it sounds like he's actively spiked uh, talking to the team. Like O'Shea Brissett was asked about him and, you know, he had good things to say about Jeff. Uh, I know. Uh, Jeff and Brad have had you know great connections in the past and everything I I did find it kind of amusing though when Joe was initially asked about Jeff I was I believe I asked and I was like I wasn't picking his brain a little bit you know and Joe was like yeah you know I picked his brain during the interview process and it's just it's just kind of bizarre to me to think about like Jeff Van Gundy going through like a conventional Uh interview process with the Celtics right like what does that look like does that actually look like an interview oh Mm -hmm. um (laughs) But yeah that's that's kind of the thing on the uh kind of the vibe I've got and he's he's been around the team front office g league main celtics as well so i I think he'll you know as Tip said I think he'll be a good asset for the Celtics
0: great uh, I just had a huge internet burp, so <laughs> hopefully i'm I'm still you're here. fine you're good Yeah, I just <laughs> smile and wave okay, well, I'll keep it moving in case it happens again. um Derek White. Is eligible to an, for an extension uh, up until the beginning of the season, so sometime next week, according to Himmelsbeck from the Globe, they've been talking, uh, but it's not that anything is imminent. It also doesn't mean that they can't come to a deal, you know, over the summer mm-hmm. or something. Uh, I'll just go around the horn, Suji, I'll go back to you. Do you think a Derek White get, deal gets done, and if it doesn't, what's your level of concern if you're the Celtics?
1: Yeah, I mean he still has two years on his deal. So I just I wouldn't be too concerned, I guess. I mean, when you first acquired Derek, right? Like you look at his contract and he's such a bargain right now, right? Seventeen point right. six million this year, eighteen point eight million next year, like you still feel good about it, uh the next two years, regardless of what happens. Um, and I think you you kind of saw that in a sense of like during the trade rumors all summer. Obviously, Marcus and Malcolm both got traded, but Payton was pretty thick in the rumors as well. But there had been reports that Derek was pretty much kind of like the untouchable in the sense of like he was going to be the least likely guard to be moved. And I think that's kind of shows the Celtics, you know, they understand what they have here in Derek in terms of like, I consider him, you know, one of the best role players in the league. Right. Uh, And for good reason, all defensive team, Uh, when he was given to the, you know, given the keys to the point guard last year, he got a uh, Eastern conference player of the week. So I wouldn't be too concerned. I I guess I wouldn't be too surprised either. If it didn't happen, I could go kind of either way on it. It's just, Derek is, you know, I think he's in a unique sense of I said like he's a, he's an awesome role player, but the Celtics also have to be cap conscious going forward. And if you're going to sign a Drew Holiday long term, which by all indications that seems to be the case, like you do have to think about the numbers and that has a trickle down effect. So, but I, as like I said, like I, I, the Celtics obviously value him a lot, and that's kind of if I'm a Celtics fan once again, like I, I would feel pretty confident that Brad Stevens uh, does the best move, I guess, for the team, and I'll you know I could. I guess I don't know either way, which way, but I would probably feel comfortable whichever
0: way Brad goes. What about you, Dr. Quinn?
2: I think there's a pretty good chance based on the rumbles that we are hearing that a deal gets done. Uh, I think it was Adam Hibblesbach who said that he had been involved in, a little bit involved in the talks and I, Look, Brad really likes extensions. So based on everything <laughs> we've seen from him so far, I, I do think there's a pretty good chance it gets done, but stuff comes up sometimes. And, you know, I, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll be terribly upset about losing him to a contender uh, somewhere else. I think he, he likes where he's at. Uh, he didn't seem to be too happy about leaving San Antonio. He seems to be settled into his new new place here as a Celtic. So I expect a deal to get done, but it wouldn't shock me if they end up having to go to free agency.
0: Yeah, I mean, if the Celtics are just going to spend through the roof, great. I mean, Derek, I th- he, offhand, I think he's like twenty nine or something, twenty eight or twenty nine. So he mm-hmm. probably can get one fat contract left, maybe, maybe two. And I, I, I don't know. I'm pulling this out of my butt. So someone correct me. I don't know. He can make thirty million dollars a year under the new landscape for the right team. Um. So I don't know. He if they if they don't come to terms on it, you think that's too rich. Justin?
2: no no that, actually i think that i would be surprised at least by the end of his next contract if he isn't making that much i would really honestly be surprised i think he's probably going to make mm-hmm. somewhere around like 25 26 27 ish roughly what Maybe. i was going to
0: say is you, we've seen guys role players have huge playoffs and then they get overpaid like red van vliet uh, at one great <laughs> postseason he's still riding that wave right so hmm. who knows we'll see um Okay, well, let's quickly talk about the starting lineup thing, although it's kind of a fool's errand, and then we'll hop into the lab (laughs) portion of the programming. And the reason I say it's a fool's errand is, A, it's going to change a bunch. Chris Stapps will miss time, Horford will miss Mm -hmm. time, other guys will miss time. And B, it's not as sexy and it's not as visible because they don't, like, print out the closing lineup and, like, they don't advertise the closing lineup, (laughs) but it's way more important who ends the game. Anyone who's played basketball knows. He'd rather mm-hmm. be on the court when the game ends than when it starts. So all of that uh, caveats uh, ahead of time. Sweetie, who starts for the Celtics more often than not? What is the most used starting lineup?
1: Uh, I think it'll most likely, when, when, after 82 games, I think it'll probably be the one that started against the Knicks, which is Drew, Derek, Jason, Jalen, Kristaps. However, I do think it'll probably be the iteration of, like you said, Cam, I think we're going to have a lot of nights where Chris stops is either out or Alice out just because it's a long regular season, et cetera. So I think you're probably looking at that core for Drew, Derek, Jason, Jalen, and then kind of going from there for the big man portion of it. So I think that's probably where it is. Obviously that can change based off of injuries um, and, and, and all that kind of fun stuff. I guess not fun stuff, but <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably say, you know, I, there were some, like, Zach Lowe, I remember on his podcast, kind of trickled out the idea of Drew coming off the bench. It just, it just felt like you were kind of overthinking a little bit. Like, you, you trade for a guy like Drew Holiday. Like, just roll with, you know, this is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Like, let Derek and Drew be that defensive backcourt that's going to just ruin a lot of guards nights through the next several months here. So I think that's where you feel good about. And like you said, the closing lineup is the most important part. I am curious to see how Derek figures into that closing lineup I think there were times last year when people were like where's Derek been why isn't Derek closing and I think I am curious to see how that plays out just because I'm sure if you talk to Joe and he's been very you know Joe's been kind of a different man to the media this year I'm not sure if the yep. fans realize but he's been a lot more open in terms of like you know talking about a thought process kind of expanding on his ideas and I am curious to see what how he viewed that when Derek necessarily didn't necessarily close games and maybe that's an area where he's like yeah i have to be better there so i think that's just something worth monitoring when it comes to the closing lineup. but like i said with the starters i think it'll be those core four plus a big man and then you know al holford coming off the bench look real surprised so if that if i if was going to give you though know, 60 games of that throughout the regular season and it goes hard during the playoffs i think he would be very happy uh, once again if you're a celtics fan
0: cool i love that dr kent uh, anything you would disagree with
2: no, I actually agree completely. That's exactly why I, I picked. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Uh, it's great. It's great podcasting. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, who are they playing is going to determine and who needs mm-hmm. to rest is going to determine who's starting and like, is the is the biggest offensive threat in the backcourt, then you're going to probably see both Derek and Drew start. If the biggest threat is in the front court, then I think we're going to see double bigs. So it really just, it's going to be matchup based and, and who can be on the floor
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
2: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: Yeah, I, I guess I have three quick thoughts. The first is Al Horford has played, I think, 1,013 games in the NBA, and he has started 1,003 games in the NBA. So he is used to starting. Mm-hmm. And to that end, like anyone at their job, it, it would feel a little... Shaky about having a new role, right? Or a reduced role or a perceived reduced role. So I think this team is laser focused on winning and they say all the right things, but I think it's pretty human for there to be some growing pains there. Um mm. I'm really curious about a lineup that is Banton, White, Tatum, Porzingis, Cornet. I wonder if positional, <laughs> like in terms of like people who actually play their position, that might be the longest lineup you could put out
2: i would love to see it i don't know how great it'll work but i would definitely like to see i it. think
0: if they all stood with their arms out they just hand it to each entire... other down the
2: court sure i mean if we're gonna do heads speaking though, of reddit
1: do... yeah speaking of wingspan though you might have to throw jordan walsh is like seven for three Oh, that's true, yep, yeah, true. That, if you want to get real sicko with your lineups and everything you, you gotta throw in jordan walsh in
0: there Maybe Tatum could play the two. Sure. Okay. Even better. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm sure you got to vote know. in
2: the uh, GM GM survey. So why not? Yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. It was probably Brad. Uh, all right. Well, on that note, let's change gears. We're gonna hop into the Celtics lab, as we like to say, and we're gonna look at win totals, over uh, Brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, which, it, run the ad right now. Okay. So. <laughs> I will tell you what Fanduel has for the over-under, and I will tell you how many wins the that team had last season. And we're mm-hmm. gonna move through these, and I'm gonna say thrice you get to pause the action and like really talk about a team. So okay. I'm gonna use my first one to model how that's done. Over-under for Atlanta is 41 and a half wins, and they won 41 games last season. And I'm usually a big Atlanta hater. I think Trey Young's defense (laughs) is like a true problem. I just, I believe in Quinn Snyder. If we're going to let the Celtics say like, look, they reset the board and they're going in happy and healthy. I think the Hawks get to go in happy and healthy. And maybe that conference finals they went to a few years ago was a fluke, but maybe it's not. And Bogdanovich can ball and Bay can ball. And I really like Deshante Murray. So I'm not saying that they're going to go back to the conference finals or anything, but 41 and a half wins in a pretty crappy Eastern conference feels low to Cameron. So uh, that's a short version of I'm pausing the action to talk about this team, but I just think 41 and a half has to be way too low for a Hawks team that had a very weird year last year. And despite some Mm -hmm. flaws is, you know, one of the better teams in the league the past few years. So I'm taking the over happily for the Atlanta Hawks at 41 and a half. Sweetie, you can keep talking about the Hawks or you can just give me your over <laughs> on them. Uh, Over-under yeah, the forty one and a half.
1: I didn't know you were so passionate about the Hawks, Cam. Uh, I would deep probably way. go a little under, uh, despite what, everything you just said. I, sure. I just think some of the criticisms I, I won't go too deep, but yeah, it's just some of the criticisms they have kind of endured the past few years, I think. They're not necessarily going to fix that. I think Quinn Snyder's a good coach, but, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't love that team still. Though I do... Despite being a Michigan State guy, I do really like Hobie Buffkin. I think he's going to be really
2: good, but I think he'll need a little bit of time to develop.
0: All right. Dr. Quinn, over under.
2: I'm going to go under too, just because I think, you know, Snyder plus losing Collins equals the same, right? They they didn't get a little bit better in one area, they got a little worse in another area. And Mm -hmm. in an evolving league, I think that by default, If it's it's roughly a push, then you actually should maybe even go a little under. So I I agree. Just a little under. Maybe a game.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll be like... I don't think they're going to be like a 32-win team. But I think they'll be like a 38-39-win team, probably. All
0: right. So we're going to do Boston at the end. But now I'm going to model the other way of doing this, which is Brooklyn won 45 games last year. Their over-under win total is 37.5. I'm taking the under. And I'm not editorializing. Sweet G, yeah, you can tell got- me over under or you can tell me your thoughts on the nets.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the under though. I do really like the bridges.
0: All right.
2: I'm gonna what go with the over. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the over. I think they're they're a better team than they look like. Uh they still have some stuff to work out, but I want to editorialize.
0: Yeah, that was good. You can you can like <laughs> sneak in 10 seconds per um Charlotte, Justin. I'll let you go first. Charlotte, they won twenty-seven games last year. The number is thirty-one and a half this year. Over/under.
2: I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to spo- I'm going to pause because what is going on with this franchise between <laughs> the Miles Bridges, James Booknight? Uh, I mean, like Kai Jones. Uh, like it is. There's new ownership, and maybe they will get some shit together over there, uh, but I do not have a lot of faith, and I think it's going to be considerably under three or four games under. So this is, to me, one of the more obvious ones. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I, I, it's terrible vibes on that team, and I just think at some point... They're going to come crashing down and it's it's going to get real ugly in like January, February, and they just won't dig themselves out of the hole. Even, despite the talent. Yeah. It's just the vibes tell me to take the under here.
0: Yeah. I took the under, I'll take that 10 seconds to say they need to either go for it or LaMelo Ball is going to get his way out of there soon. So they have tons of assets. I mean, they could make a big move, but we'll see. Okay. Chicago one uh, I I was reading from Charlotte. Chicago won 40 games last year, respectable. Their number is 37 and a half. Sweetie, over under or pause the action and talk about the bulls.
1: I do not want to talk about the bulls, so I'm <laughs> gonna take the under.
2: <laughs> Dr. Quinn, over under, talk about the bulls. Uh they should blow it up and I'm taking the under.
0: I'm also yeah. taking the under because I expect them to blow it up. Like weeks weeks ago, and they should have done that. Okay, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the numbers uh, last year was 51. The line this year from Fandle is 50 and a half. That one is difficult. So I'll let you go first,
2: Suiji. <laughs> over under, but yeah, it's 50 and a half. I'm going
1: to take the over. I think the playoff experience is good. I think Jared Allen admitting the lights are too bright. Is that, that's just good character development, I think.
0: That was so precious. I really <laughs> I love when the when the guys are super honest. It stinks when you mm-hmm. t- talk to them. I mean it's interesting to see them get better at doing the polished. Both teams played hard crap, but uh something that vulnerable is just tremendous. Okay, um, Dr. Quinn, over under 50 and a half for the Cleveland Cavaliers.
2: Slight over half game. Uh they have a competent wing that can start now. So I think that will help.
0: I'll take the under to be different. I'm gonna have to add a few overs here in the East, I think. Um, <laughs> it's possible they played to their ceiling last year and there's something like a regression, but I also don't think very highly of the conference writ large. So there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of easy wins out there. Okay, the Dallas Mavericks won 38 games last year. Their number is 43 and a half. I'm going to take the under and I'm not pausing the action. Wow. I'm not <laughs> betting on Kyrie Irving. That's a foolish errand. So prove me wrong, Kyrie Irving. Sweet yeah, team.
1: I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the over begrudgingly. But the fact that it's only 43 and a half with Kyrie and Lucas just tell you how much right what the odd make, what the odd odds maker think of this team.
0: Uh, or what they think of the West. Uh, the, there's a yeah, lot of
2: true
0: uh, squishy lines out there. Um Dr. Quinn, what do you think of Dallas?
2: Oh man, with Kyrie plus West, I should take the under, but I'm gonna take a half game over just because I do think Grant is gonna help them a lot on defense
0: isn't that such an indictment of that oh Ah, yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is okay with 17 wins last year Vegas or at least FanDuel I don't know where FanDuel is based they have 27 and a half for Sweeties Detroit Pistons so Mr. Tirada you get a bonus one you can talk about them all you want
1: no, I don't I don't want to bore Celtics fans. The uh, Pistons are only so interesting right now. There are other Detroit teams worth uh, talking about, like the Lions. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the over. I think they'll be in a least playing conversation. I don't necessarily know if they'll make it, but they got to kind of be like Orlando last year, I think. Like, oh, this is young team is actually kind of spicy and you have the good pieces. Like, I think that's kind of the baseline that they should shoot for. And uh, I think that's where they'll be at. All
2: right, Dr. Quinn. I think even in the East making a leap that big to play in is too big for me. I mean, it could happen, but a lot of things, a lot of things would have to go right for them. I'm going to take the over, but a much more conservative one, like maybe two games.
0: Yeah. uh, I don't know. 10 games is not unreasonable. Teams make those kind of leaps, but it is also a big, big leap. Um, I think I'm going to take the over, but I don't know that that means that they're going to be really in the mix. I think, <laughs> you know, getting to 32 wins is a nice thing, but uh, I still think that they're a year and a move away. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: very uh, it's very funny listening to Pistons fans talk about their team, the Celtics fans talk about their teams. It's just complete opposite ends of the spectrum in these. It's very entertaining for me.
0: Yeah, it's funny that they're the generalizations we do about fan bases sometimes i don't love but there are certain teams that just like where they're at in their journey you can emotionally <laughs> chart that right speaking yeah, of which from the up and up to already did it the denver nuggets let's see they won 53 games last year their line is 52 and a half although we have 53 and a half here i'll give you either line 52 and a half or 53 sweetie.
1: <laughs> i'm actually gonna go on the under uh, they only they won 53 last year. I, I don't think it'll be under by a lot. I do think there'll be a little bit of we're the defending champs. This random January game against you know some spicy Western like the like the Mavs, for example. Eh, I guess maybe the, some spicy Western Conference team that's like the five seed is not necessarily going to make or break their season. So I think there'll be a little bit of I don't want to call it a hangover, but it's maybe like the championship indifference that LeBron and the Warriors have done in the past. So that's that's where I'm at.
2: I have to second that. I'll call it strategic indifference because somebody <laughs> somebody took their foot off the gas pedal uh for the MVP race and won a championship. They might see that as a model to build on. So mm-hmm. I, I expect the same. Not a not a bunch, but just a little less
0: than one column. Yeah, I was sho- I was shocked that I would have said they probably won sixty games last year, um, just because when they were on, they were so good. Um be different i'll take the over but uh, i think everything you guys just said is well reasoned while we're here and just to kind of break things up regardless of record who's the team to beat in the west like who's let's say the celtics go to the finals who are they most likely to match up with um suji as a guest i'll let you think about it because i sprung that on you and justin i'll make you go first
2: it has to be the nuggets it has to be the nuggets they're the defending champions Mm -hmm. they lost uh bruce brown but they're still a very good team and Honestly, I don't really think that Bruce Brown was the piece that put them over the top. So, yeah, I think it has to be like I am coming around to Phoenix more since they have not lost a rebounding battle yet in preseason, despite not having anyone not named Kevin over six foot nine. (laughs) But there's the health thing. So for me, I think it's still the Nuggets. All right, Suiji.
1: Yeah, I agree. Dr. Quinn over there. I think it has to be the Nuggets up to this point. Uh, it's a long season, though. Like, who knows? Maybe Kawhi and Paul George actually stay healthy for once. Though I would put that at like a ten percent chance. But yeah, I have the Nuggets. I do really like the Suns. I think what they were able to do in free agency was was pretty respectable considering the kind of the challenges they were going up against with the salary cap. But it's got to be the Nuggets until anybody says otherwise. Like you get the benefit of the doubt. I'm not
0: ready to say Curry can't put it together and be the best player in the world. <laughs> and because, you know, two years ago, the Celtics ran into that problem, right? There's just something when Kawhi is healthy, he's so friggin' good. And I know we haven't seen it in like five years, but when mm-hmm. Kawhi is good, it's it's just so spectacular. I wish Kawhi could be my favorite player in the league, but he just doesn't play. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I respectfully will pick the Nuggets. I think they have earned that. And also, yeah. Jokic is so damn good, but I that Clippers thing is fascinating to me. I feel like we, we sometimes forget how good they're supposed to be. Anyways, we'll get to the Clippers. We're on to Golden State, who won 44 games last year. They're slated, uh, uh, their number's 47 and a half. I'll carve out time to talk about that one, just because I think it could go south. Um, I really like Clay. He's probably He probably is my favorite player in the league, just to root for it. It seems like a funny guy. <laughs> I think he's at a different stage in his career. I think Draymond's at a different stage in his career. I don't know what Wiggins looks like when other players aren't as good, like if he has to really be the second best player. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there are going to be nights where they look tremendous. And I wouldn't put money on this under because... Again, it seems like foolish to go against the Golden State Warriors, but if there's a team where like no one seems to be saying, "Hey, there's like disaster written all over this," it could be the Golden State Warriors. I don't know. Sweetie, over under forty seven and a half wins for the Dubs.
1: I'm gonna go with over, though I don't love it. I just think, I just think, like you said, it's hard to doubt the steps of the world the Draymonds of the world, uh in in some ways. Um uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't I don't love it though. I think they are getting up there in age, but I think I think they have the urgency as well of knowing that Steph's prime or Steph's careers can, you know, as a high level basketball player is dwindling. So I think they're gonna take care of business during the regular season. I just don't know if they have that extra gear in the playoffs, right? Like a couple of seasons ago, Steph and the Warriors had that extra gear. I don't know if it's there anymore. But I think at the regular season though, they'll, they'll at least kind of, not necessarily tread the water, but but hang around to, to hit that over at least.
2: All right, Dr. Quinn. In the interest of celerity, I will keep it brief, but I'm slamming <laughs> the under on this because we have not even <laughs> talked about another potential injury risk who could also be a ticking time bomb in another sense. They already had to have a meeting about him and whether he's going to start or not. And that, that's Chris Paul if it works Mm. i think you're absolutely right suichi they're going to be over that that win total but if it doesn't then they're going to be very far (laughs) under it i believe so yeah
0: yeah that feels like a really fun game or team to play in 2k not a fun (laughs) team that has to go on like a five games and seven nights road trip
1: that's been like the last decade though to be fair
0: that's true that's true um yeah, the Celtics are really fun to play in 2K. It's like almost hard because you don't really know what to do because there's so many options. Okay, the Houston Rockets won 22 games last year. Their number is 31 and a half. Sweetie, over under, or if you want to talk about the Rockets, talk about the Rockets.
1: Yeah, I guess I will just because of the EMA kind of angle. I was uh kind of looking at. I'm just like, like I just don't know how that locker room is going to look. And and we talked about this with the Pistons, but in terms of like a 10 win improvement, like 31 and a half or I have it down to 31 and a half, and they were 22-win team. So I, I think I have them as an under. I don't know how that locker room will look in terms of, like, Ime is, like, you know, kind of just, like, very players coach in the sense of, like, he's going to kind of bully them. Like, I just don't know if that's going to work with the personalities in that locker room. I don't hate the Dylan Brooks. I think the Dylan Brooks chatter has gotten so – he is gotten to the point where he's kind of underrated. Like, I think he was a good part of what Memphis was – you know was trying to build and everything, it's just that he took it overboard, right? And I just like I don't think Fred Van Fleet is gonna necessarily mesh well with the rookies there. Like he didn't necessarily that wasn't target some raptors, folks. There was like some a little bit of tension there with the youngsters in Toronto. So I just I look at this team and I just I'm I'm very confused. I'm gonna take the under though. I'm not sure how that locker room will look. I think it's a little too volatile.
2: I'm going to take the under two, but I think they're going to get close to this. And some people might think just through addition by subtraction in terms of Kevin Porter. He's been a pretty solid point guard for them, but he turns the ball over a lot. He's a little erratic and there's other stuff that not being part of their season, uh, I think will get them close. I think they'll get to like 28 wins, maybe 29 wins, but I don't think they get to that total.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm taking the under. I I don't know. Who's taking the over on that? Like, what? What are we looking at here? But uh, good luck to him, I guess. Indiana, the Pacers, thirty-five wins last year. Thirty-eight and a half is the number. This, this, I, I would say the Pacers, the Magic, are like the darling of the NBA right now. That everyone <laughs> is high on this team. So, uh, Doctor Dr. Quinn, you get the first bite of this apple. Is consensus right? Are, are you taking the over with the Pacers?
2: Well, I think. It's going to be a little over and it's clearly because Aaron Neath Smith is finally going to become an absolute snipe. I'm just kidding. Uh, They're a really (laughs) good team. They really look like they fit together. Well, Halliburton look great. I think in the, in the uh, playing for team USA, I think they're going to be a play in team this season. They might even flirt as being a play off team, but for now, I think I'm pretty comfortable going over a little bit, like two, three games. Okay. Yeah, I got them down as a 500 team.
1: Uh, just like you said, Darlings, I'm a big Tyrese Halliburton guy. I love watching him play. I love watching him shoot. It's so strange in some ways. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big Pacers guy.
0: They're not going to mail it in any night. So mm-hmm. uh, first of all, league pass team. But second of all, they're just going to play hard every night. And that's not true of every team. Okay, the l- aforementioned Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers? Clippers. Uh they won 44 games last year. The number's 45 and a half. Who the hell knows is my stance. I would not <laughs> bet money, real American dollars on this. I'm gonna take the over, but who the frick knows? Sweetie, over, under, or talk about the Clippers.
1: This is a stay away from me. I'm going under. Uh I think that I actually think the player rest rules is gonna hurt the Clippers in some ways just because it's gonna be a kind of an eye on them. So I'm taking the under.
2: Great, Dr. Quinn. Likewise, I just can't buy into this experiment after several years of trying to believe, so,
0: yeah. Poor Steve Bonner. He seems like he's <laughs> a lot.
2: He'll be fine. I don't
1: think he's he's the very literal definition of, or, or the opposite definition of poor, though.
0: That's <laughs> true. Not so poor. Emotionally poor, maybe. Okay, the Los Angeles Lakers won 43 games last year, but with, albeit, a very different-looking roster. This year, the number is 46-and-a-half. And, a half. and Suici, you can go first for the Lakers. Over, under, or tell us about the Lakers.
1: I'm taking you over, and uh, by obligation, I think Rui is going to have a breakout year.
0: <laughs> Way to represent Dr. Quinn. <laughs>
2: I'm taking them over to just because I am impressed by Rob Polinka's team building. And that is so strange to me that I am very excited to see how it turns out. And there's a very small, unrealistic part of me that is pining for a Celtics Lakers finals that isn't going to happen, but I'll pretend that it is until it isn't.
0: Uh, I'm gonna take over. I think it's I think they had a swell offseason. Um Rob Polinka is similar to like Chris Naps is striking in real life. Rob is striking in real life. He, he's a dashing man. um <laughs> Someday there will be another Iranian NBA player, and I will root for him so hard. But until then, okay. The Memphis Grizzlies, Marcus Smart's Memphis Grizzlies won 51 games last year. Some things have happened since, and their number is 44 and a half. Dr. Quinn, you can go first on this one over, under, or talk about the Grizz.
2: I think Marcus is going to do a great job filling in for Ja. I think that the fact that they can have jaw around the team is the best they could possibly do to prevent more shenanigans, shall we say, as well as keep him ready and in shape for the season. So I think it's going to be a fairly seamless transition. I'm a little bit worried about Marcus's health. Uh, maybe finally he will have a chance to really let his body heal this off season. But I think with all those things said that they are still going to be taking a bit of a hit from what they did last year. I'm going to take the over, but a very, very conservative over. Great.
1: So, Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I actually think when Ja does come back, it'll kind of muddy up the waters when it comes to Marcus's role a little bit, and I think there's going to be some low-key struggles there, especially with spacing and stuff like that. So I'm going to take the over, but it's it's a very conservative over as well.
0: I'm going to take the under for reasons that you guys identified. I'm gonna bite my tongue a little bit, but that ESPN piece on Ja. If you gave me that much money when I was 23, I wouldn't have lived to be 24. Like, what 23 year old doesn't <laughs> uh, get a big head, you know? So, I'm I'm rooting for Ja. I mean, he has had a lot of second, third, fourth, and fifth strikes, and it's embarrassing, but I'm rooting for that kid. So, good luck to him. I don't think they're gonna get over 45 and a half wins though. My- <laughs> Should we do Miami last? Miami, the, the the Miami Heat. If those Heat, I'm, I'm going to say it again. If those Heat culture jerseys are real, someone needs to lose a job. Um, also, those Celtics jerseys kind of stink. Do you guys see those today?
1: Yeah. yeah. It's fine.
2: Yeah, I'll wait and see. It, uh, yeah. they,
0: they often look better in person or, or yeah. at least on a body. Or okay, when the Enos
2: isn't taking a photo of them. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. NBA okay. has too many jerseys, so
0: yes that old man corner okay <laughs> miami won 44 games last year and then also you know went to the finals this year their number is 45 and a half wins dame willard does not play for the miami heat i'll go first i'm taking that over i don't know i just trust the heat and i bet they have another move to make so i'm taking the over Sweetie, over under or talk about the heat
1: yeah, I'm simply over. I just have stopped betting Spo, betting against Spo, and then uh, we'll go from there.
2: Great. Dr. Quinn. Picking me under just because for a very, 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 very long time, I did not bet against LeBron, and then he aged, and now he is a mortal, if still a superstar. So I think this is really, unless, you know, they do, and I'm, I'm just going with the team they have now, uh, if they do find a star, of course, I think they're going to get better, right? That's kind of a duh. But for me, I'm just going to go with this team as is. I do not think this team is even close to what they were. Like, I've heard some people saying that even the Heat got better. And it's like, Kyle Lowry got older. I, I yeah. just no, <laughs> So I'm taking the under.
0: Does Kevin Love still play for the Heat?
2: Yes, he does. Because yes. he got older,
0: too okay Minnesota won 42 games last year Ant Edwards was the the story for team USA until it until it wasn't I guess their number 44 and a half sweetie what do you think of the Timberwolves
1: yeah I'm taking the over cat missed a lot of the season last year and I'm a huge ant guy so cat and ant for me Go
2: cool. Dr Quinn Second, that uh, it's a very modest tick-up from their win total last season, and for the reasons that Sweetie noted, I, I don't see how you wouldn't take the over on this one.
0: Yeah, I don't think that that means they're built for a deep postseason run, but they got good players. They have some continuity, finally, hopefully. Great. Ooh, the Bucks. We get to talk about the Bucks. <laughs> last year, they won 58 games in the regular season, and then you know didn't win that many games in the playoffs. Their number is 53 and a half, which we'll get to the Celtics. We'll talk about the Celtics later, but just for comparison, I have the Celtics at 54 and a half. So they're one less than the Celtics for anyone playing the home game. But we'll talk about the Celtics later. We're talking about the Bucs. The number is 53 and a half. Dr. Quinn, you can have this one first. What do you
2: think? I think they have the potential to be a 60 win team, but there's a lot of things from Chris Middleton to the fact that Lillard seems to be missing more games as he gets older, that there is a, a significant chance that this could be a pretty, somewhere between not great and a big disaster. I think from the Bucks' perspective, they'll suck it up and try again the next season, regardless of how it goes. I don't think we have to worry about Giannis leaving with that level of dedication. I could be wrong, but, I'm gonna bet the under just because there's quite a good amount of disaster potential built into this team. I mean, Jay Crowder is maybe their best wing defender at this point, and he's like closer to my age than most of the people on his team, so
1: yeah, I'm gonna go with an under here in the sense of like
0: I don't necessarily i i i partially agree with
1: the disaster part. I can totally see that. I just think they'll be, it's just a long regular season. Like, I don't know, I think it comes from my perspective as, like, a beat writer, but when it's, like, mid-January and it's, like, a random random Wednesday game, right? Like, as Jason Tatum says, a random Monday game at Charlotte, etc., right? I just think, like, you're just going to drop those games. I think they're a little too old. I think they're going to be resting. I, I do, you know, agree with Dr. Quinn in terms of the disaster part. So, yeah, I'm going to take the under there.
0: I'll take the over just because i don't being four uh losses more this year feels like a big number i don't think it would be a disaster if they roll into the playoffs with you know
2: 50 oh wins, they could steal wins. the one seed easy yeah no totally no no mm-hmm.
0: i i was not say the opposite i they could coast completely in the regular season or even chug along in the regular season and still be dangerous in the postseason okay let's move a little bit faster but there's still some teams that we want to talk about we'll Still so talk about the Celtics. However, we're going to talk about the Pelicans. The number last year was 42, but Zion didn't play that much and Ingram hurt his toe or whatever. The number this year is 44 and a half. I'm going to take the under. Some team needs to be snake bitten, and I haven't picked one yet, so I'm picking the Pelicans. Sorry, guys. Sweet G, what do you think?
1: I'm going to go with the over just because even with bad injury, like they got the 42 and I think uh, England's really good. Uh, I think Simon will play just a little bit more to push them over.
2: Great. Dr. Quinn. It would be easy to take the under. You have very good reasons. History has very good reasons. I'm going to take a <laughs> very,
0: very minor over. Sure. The New York Knicks. 47 was the number last year. 45 and a half is the number this year. I would have said under, but. I was pretty impressed with the bench's performance last night, so I'm going to use recency bias to justify taking the over. (laughs) Dr. Quinn, what about you?
2: I like Miles McBride. I'll take the over, too. Great. Sweetie.
1: I'm going to take the over because Thibs loves loves to play his players.
0: Yes, he does. And uh, I was making a lot of Skechers jokes last night on Julius Randle's behalf, and now look at the Skechers (laughs) empire. Okay. OKC won... 40 games last year, the numbers 44 and a half this year. What do you think about the Thunder, Mr. Torada?
1: Uh I'm 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 I don't know how I feel about saying this, but I'm very hard over. I really like this team.
0: I really like this team. I'm taking that over too. Dr. Quinn.
2: I want to be different, but I like this team too. Uh I think they have too many fun pieces, and I think they're a really well-coached team. I don't I think it's a very easy over in this case. hmm yeah, if they're adding chat. Chat's gonna be wicked
0: good.
1: They're totally gonna go under now.
0: <laughs> Orlando. Speaking of which, speaking of teams that are on the up and up, thirty-four was the number last year. Thirty-seven and a half is the number this year. Not that big of a lead, according to the books. I'm gonna take the over. Franz Wagner has has me by uh, the you know what's Sugi. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I have been in terms of a Michigan guy. I've been really impressed by his Franz. So I'm gonna take the over as well.
2: Dr. Right, Quinn. I'll take the under because they're a pretty young team and young teams can have uneven development, but I would not at all be surprised if it was over.
0: Great. (laughs) Long time coming for the magic. Jeez. Ooh, Philadelphia fun. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Our lists have them out of order. Whatever. Sorry. (laughs) Philly won 54 games last year. Their number is 47 and a half this year. Today is the day that James Harden did not go to practice. So we have no idea what's going to happen next with the Philadelphia 76ers. However, Sweetie, I'm going to ask you to make a prediction 47.5 is the number over, under, or talk about the Sixers.
1: Uh, I'm not going to talk about them too much. I do think it'll be an over, though, regardless of Harden. I think uh, at this point, what does Embiid have? You know, what does Embiid have in terms of like MVP? Like, yeah, at least he has a regular season. So I think he's going to go uh, pretty hard during that.
0: That was such a passive-aggressive compliment, Dr. (laughs) Quinn.
2: Very backhanded. I like what I'm hearing from Nick Nurse. I think the emphasis on defense, particularly for Embiid, will be beneficial. Uh, I don't know how the pace for him will be, but as long as, as I said in past episodes, he's more of a trailer rather than you know running the whole course of the court. A faster style of play will suit them with Maxi, who I assume is going to be doing the bulk of the uh, point guard duties this season, and. I don't really expect too much from, I look, everything's going great. Now I expect Harden to either be on another team uh, or to be testing the new CBA reality and those little lines in of how many games you can miss without not being a free agent the next season. We we may see that tested. He's stubborn enough. He's made enough money. Uh, I, I would not be shocked. And he's dealing with a very stubborn person on the other end of the equation. So yeah, I guess I talked about Philly. Oops.
0: So, over or under? Under. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Under as well. Um, when I did my 2K official season sim, the Sixers won 64 games, and I don't think that's going to happen. Phoenix last year won 45 games with a very different looking roster, and now the number is 52.5. Sweetie, over, under, or you can talk about the Suns if you want.
1: Uh, I'm going to take the over. Uh, I just think there's a lot of pieces I like on that team. Devon's a Michigan guy. Also, Utah the is on that team.
2: Oh, yeah. Sushi, you're
1: such a proud man. I love it. Uh, Dr. Quinn. Got it up
2: where I can. I mean, you hear me with UConn. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Suns, I think I have very severe doubts about their health, but I mean, most of the teams that are going to be contending for a title this season, you could say the same thing about. So based on, incredible amounts of recency bias in terms of rebounding that i mentioned earlier i will take the over
0: they're going to be like five seconds or less they're going to be nuclear on offense they're not gonna play defense but it's gonna be so fun i'm taking <laughs> over okay other than the kings you're i'm making a rule you can't editorialize because none of these <laughs> other teams matter uh portland over under Suigi. Under twenty-seven and a half and a half is the number sorry under yeah it yep. doesn't matter the number could be like 15 It's probably under
2: dr quinn over because they have rob williams for now wow the rob maybe effect.
0: Okay, maybe he'll the be answer, healthy the correct answer is under sacramento 44 and a half 48 was the win total last year so vegas or fanduel anyways has them regressing i suspect that that was as good as this team could play so i'll probably take the under Sweetie, what do you think of the kings
1: Yep, very small under. I think they had the very, they had the luckiest injury luck last year, so I think they'll regress a few games.
0: Dr. Quinn,
2: Who am I to argue under? <laughs>
0: Spurs, 28 and a half over under, Suji.
2: I
1: got the under.
0: Dr. Quinn,
2: Victor Wembanyama over.
0: I'll say over. That's fun. I think my with my friends, I took the under, so I'll take that over here (laughs) toronto 36 and a half oh yikes that's horrible um for reference they won 41 games last year i'm gonna take it over that feels a little harsh sweetie what do you think
1: yeah i'm gonna take the over that i feel like that or the odds makers kind of overcorrected that
2: one yeah or the the fans are spending funny money on it (laughs) that's true I'm very confused by what they're doing, but I agree. Uh, I'll take an over just because of that, even if I really don't like the direction this team seems to be going in.
0: Sure. Danny Ainge's Utah Jazz. The numbers thirty-five and a half. They won thirty-seven last year. Sweetie, what do you think?
1: I got the over. I'm actually a, not like a huge John Collins guy, but I like him.
0: I really like this Jazz team. I just think the West is really loaded, and I, like I don't, one team is going to jump up a couple wins, and that's going to cost everyone else a bunch of wins. So. I'm going to take Dr. Quinn, you go. I don't know what I'm going to do.
2: They have the uh, the point guard that the Celtics fans wanted to be taken in the place of Jalen Brown. Uh, so I'm going to give them the over. The over.
0: Great. And I am, Cameron's going to take the over. Okay. And the Wizards, the sad, 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 sad Wizards. 24 and a half is the number. They won 35 last year. Sweetie, what do you think?
1: Uh, over simply because Jordan Poole is going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) that's true. Their attendance numbers are going to be abysmal. I feel bad for that franchise. (laughs) Dr. Quinn?
2: How far can I go under? (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be the worst team in the league. Probably not too much worse than this, but I, I, I... Jordan Poole's only thing like I mean like him fighting with Kuzma maybe might be interesting but uh that's about the only thing I can think of that would want me have me watching one of their games I took the
0: under two what's the record for fewest wins is it six with the Bobcats the
2: oh yeah it was something no it was like 11 with the Bobcats in the lockout year
1: yeah so it's like what by one percentage oh okay so it's
2: not it's not six It it could get worse
0: okay well, uh, Sweetie Tirada from Mass Live. We saved the best for last. We're going to do the Boston Celtics over/under, <laughs> which, incidentally, I was looking at with Jack Simone at all of his podcast. Um, YouTube has like such a fun suite of analytics that I want to get into, but the drop off of like how few listeners actually listen to this deep into a podcast is remarkable. <laughs> so no oh, one's listening. Two percent. Yes. Um, but the the proud few, if you still stuck around, first of all, like and subscribe to our podcast. But second of all, we're going to talk about the Celtics over/under. Boston won 57 games last year. The number is 54 and a half this year, which I believe is the best number in the league, but still less than what they performed last year. Sweetie, over, under for the Boston Celtics. I'm
1: going to take the over. I think, I believe that makes it three straight seasons where they'll be on the over. I guess then in check during that weird pandemic year, but I showed up halfway through. So of course I don't know (laughs) that. Um, So I'm going to take the over, I think. Like I said during practices, like I don't think there will be nights off, you know, in mid-January and everything. But I think this team is taking it very seriously. Uh, even and and I think importantly, you have guys like Payton Pritchard, Sam Hauser, and the depth guys who aren't, you know, they're not like the best players, but they're going to try very hard in those mid-January games. And I think they're going to, they themselves
2: are going to steal a few wins to get them
1: to the over.
0: Max Quinn, over under fifty four and a half wins for the Celtics.
2: Uh, I think it's a pretty, for me, pretty clear over. Because even though for the reasons Suichi mentioned and the fact that, you know, they don't have as much continuity as they've had in the past seasons, that's going to cause them some road bumps. But they're an absolute wagon, and the Eastern Conference is pretty weak outside the top two or three, maybe four teams. So I think this is a pretty clear 56, maybe even 57 win team.
0: I think the Celtics are going to win like 60 games. I think the Celtics team is <laughs> so damn good. And I don't want to say that it's because – yeah. I mean, my homework take is like I want to take a conservative uh, approach, but like the analytical side to me says they're just going to be way too good to not like almost moonwalk to 60 wins. So, on that happy note, we've been talking to Suiji Torada from Mass Live. You've been listening (laughs) to the Celtics Live podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, Suiji, can I embarrass you on your way out? (laughs) Please do. I'm going to share a fun fact about Suici that's a behind-the-scenes look at the Celtics press corps. No one has a better sweater game than (laughs) Suici Serrata. You are the coziest mf 'er at Celtics
2: games.
1: I appreciate that. I am very cozy all the time. Um, Yeah, I got a lot of cardigans, got a lot of sweaters. I think being cozy and looking okay uh, is very important. Thank you. There are some
0: people that we work with that are way better at writing and podcasting than I am, but I'm a way better dresser. <laughs> and then there are some people who dress to the nines at games. Um, I think you and I do. We do a good job. We look presentable, but we don't overdo it um, but it. Exactly. Do, you know, get nice cardigans, nice sweaters.
1: You know, there's a dresser. A is Bobby Cardigan, Manning.
0: Man. Bobby Manning always looks good. Bobby
1: got like a turtleneck last night. And I was like, hey. damn,
0: Bobby. He likes yes. his turtlenecks. Yeah. That's what yeah. I said. It's the preseason. Calm down. Anyways. I was like,
1: dude, it's not even that like cold yet, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I was sweating like a pig. Anyways, I'm yeah. on that happy note. <laughs> Thanks for everyone listening. uh Like and subscribe to our podcast, the Winning Plays Podcast. That Switchy sometimes moonlights on. Check out Mass Live. Check out Celtics Wire. And sometime next week, we will be back to talk about honest to goodness Boston Celtics regular season basketball. How about that?
2: <laughs> Until
0: then, adios. Catch you later. Bye.